This is a podcast version of a radio show by K103 Gothenburg Student Radio. Find us at k103.se. Due to copyright, the music is shortened. Welcome to a special program of your favorite show, the show about nothing. Uh, I am here sitting today with my one and only, my beloved Marie. Hi. She's uh, touching the little the little buttons in the, in the desk board that is very modern from 1985 or so. The goal of today is supporting Musikhjelpeng and raising money to this year's cause, uh, which is that nobody shall die of hunger. And before we start getting into the deep, deep uh webs of our own episode i would like to say a little comment it's a personal comment it's coming only from berlin oh yes i'm berlin i'm here i'm speaking to <laughs> you i'm in front of money i always forget to introduce myself it doesn't matter how many radio programs i've done um and i wanted to say something but it's a personal statement i'm choosing to say in it today and now because this is a safe space for me and it is I feel like it's my platform and I would like to use it for something that I believe in. And I wanted to say that I was a bit surprised by this year's Musikhjelpen's motto. I thought of it as ironic at best. I just don't understand how you can advocate for ending hunger whilst not showing the least bit of resistance to the Swedish government's support of the genocide taking place in Gaza by the Israeli Israeli government. Not only are the Palestinians dying of hunger, but they are being actively killed. And the way SVT, who's behind Musikhjelpeng, is reporting on it, without questioning the government's position, is just exasperating, at least in my opinion. So I guess what I'm saying is that I find this extremely hypocritical. And some people might think charity isn't supposed to be political and that Musikhjelpen is just trying to help. So it's all good. So we shouldn't complicate it and make it a bigger deal than it is. But I could not disagree more. I think that throwing money at a cost without examining the reasons behind it and how to placate them only serves one purpose. And that is relieving the guilt of the donor. So I just wanted to remind everybody that as long as there is one group of people believing themselves superior to another group of people, there will be hunger and there will be war. And I think Sweden and Sweden and its government and SVT in particular can do better than this. And I wish to see um, people from Palestine and Palestine itself free. And I wish that all of their bellies are really full of food instead of having a big ass knot in them because they fear they're going to be annihilated as a country and as a, what's the word I'm looking for, civilization. So, yeah, that's what I wanted to say. And now let's let's raise some money for Musikiel, <laughs> Ben. Because, babe, you can criticize and you can celebrate at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> this was a That was a little bit of a rant, which is something we're sort of famous for <laughs> in the show about nothing. We're uh, taking very little in between our opinions and um, what society might think is the better thing to say. Um, and you are here also for another hour of this. Um, mm. Belen and me will be tackling things that sort of go along the topic of hunger in one mm-hmm. way or another yeah. as well in the coming minutes so um yeah just uh 
you know, there's some space for opening up this also by presenting our opinions. And uh, that being said, maybe I uh, give over back to you uh, for introducing how we continue from here. So from here, I also had a little pun in there since we're talking about hunger. I was like, I hope this rant gave you food for thought. <laughs> <laughs> I'm silly on the end of the day. Uh, so um, we we are going to be talking today about self-compassion or the lack thereof. And its general consequences, like what happens when you we don't practice that within ourselves, what can that lead to and how does that feel? And it is related to hunger, I promise. It's it's gonna pop up. We are everywhere. <laughs> I am Belen. And in front of me, I have Marie behind yes. the Techie Tech. Hi. And uh, we wanted to give a shout out to the third part of our of our show that couldn't make it here today because work sucks, which is very rude. So she had to fix some work situations that were very annoying. And she worked for 15 hours and she decided to have a little bit of self-compassion and let herself go home and to sleep directly, most likely. Yeah, when you're listening to this, then hi Fatima and to everyone else who's listening as well. Great to have you on. Um, we'll be filling the next minutes with definitions, as I can see from our script. And yeah, uh, self-compassion, as Belen already pitched in the sort of title of today, having self-compassion or also having a lack thereof and therefore maybe being in pain. Uh, mm. it, I thought it would be maybe good to make sure everybody understands what that mm. word means, because it might not be one of these self-explanatory ones. So maybe you want to start us off with... Uh, Getting a bit into yes. explaining um, what that means. I did a little bit of Googling. It took two minutes um, and I found a page that had everything that I needed. Did I check the sources? That doesn't no. matter for now. <laughs> so what is self-compassion? Self-compassion means being able to relate to yourself in a way that's forgiving, accepting and loving when situations might be less than optimal. So basically having compassion for yourself. Which at the same time as you can understand why your friend did a shitty thing and you forgive the friend and you're like, it's okay, it happens, we're only human, mm -hmm. we're here to support each other. Um, but uh, this is applying the same kind of empathy and the same kind of space and respect to oneself. Um, Uh, according to this website that I found, it's comprised of three constructs, which is self-kindness, common humanity and mindfulness. And self-kindness refers to that rather than being critical or judging ourselves harshly when we already feel pain, we can recognize the negative influence of self-judgment and treat ourselves with warmth and patience instead. Treat yourself like your mama would treat you. This is what self-kindness is. Don't you don't you agree that your mom always like you make the shittiest drawing ever or you write the mm. stupidest poem and your mom's like I mean hopefully they are like this. Hopefully they're installing the belief into your capabilities in you mm. early on. That's hopefully. sort of yeah. what, you know, a good mother should maybe be defined of. But um then, you know, if your mom isn't around anymore right now, then you have to step up the game for yourself. And it's mm. very important that uh if you aren't already very compassionate towards yourself with yourself then uh, it's never too late to learn how to get better at this and yeah. maybe we will be raising a thought or another mm. you know throughout the, the the program tonight just to think about inspire if, you. if you didn't have like a super 
super duper kind uh, parents think about how you would have liked to have it and then apply it to yourself go into that inner child and give her a hug like that's oh i'm sounding so like preachy now but it is <laughs> they are right sometimes talking to your inner child does wonders my people then there's also common humanity that's critical for self-compassion that means viewing our own individual experiences as embedded in the broader human experience rather than seeing ourselves as isolated or separate from others you may think you're special but you're not <laughs> everything everything has already happened to someone else mm. and uh, yeah and they probably reacted the same way as you did or in a completely different way and i don't know as usual like talk to other people that that would be good like I think a key for self-compassion is not to stay in a loop inside your own head because it always, everything always sounds much worse when you're in your head, I think, mm. in, my, in my experience, with my own head at least. And then the last leg of self-compassion is mindfulness, um, which is acknowledging and labeling our own thoughts as opposed to reacting to them. I once read something about thoughts and feelings being like a wave, And if you want them to go away, you just have to go through the wave. So like kind of sort of let it knock you over and then it retreats immediately. So yeah. maybe because I think in general, we have a hard time just like sitting in discomfort. And sometimes the only the only way is through, you know, you just have to sit in discomfort for two minutes and then it goes away at least. Unless it's like, um, I don't know, some sort of pathological panic attack or something, then I don't know. I think even even if it might be something, you know, that, that doesn't go away within two minutes because it's a bigger issue, then then you can go back to common humanity approach and remember that if you go something go through something hard, uh, it might become easier if you share it with others because you can, mm -hmm. you know, get the support and the understanding of others as well. Mm -hmm. And they might remind you that, you know, you're being really harsh to yourself. Uh, and maybe in that situation, it's needed to just not be as strict with yourself. Yeah. And uh, that, uh, that were quite some definitions and maybe we air them out a bit with some music. Before yes, we move but on, before I wanted to ask you if you think you practice self-compassion with yourself, Marie. Actually, according uh, <laughs> to this definition, um, I try. I try my best. Aren't we all trying <laughs> our best? But um, I would say that I've um, I've become better at it in the last years because maybe uh, when you are an adult and you have to live by yourself, um, sort of figuring out, you know, how adulting works. Um, sometimes you will encounter problems and it's hard and you sort of learn how to comfort yourself and how to move on and I think I'm I'm trying to be good at it like I'm I'm trying to sort of I don't know take my situation as I don't know the way it is and then like work with it work through it and be kind to myself so I, I'd say I'm not like I'm not horrible at it but there's always room for improvement <laughs> <laughs> I am horrible at it But yeah, let's listen to another song. I'm better at listening to songs than at self-compassion. Hello and welcome again. Remember that you are... Oh no, my voice went out. <coughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> Remember, you're listening to K103 here at Gotham Mercedes Radio. We are the show about nothing. I am Belen and I am here with Marie. Hello. You just listened to a little song called Nothing Lasts Forever. 
by Behari, which was really nice and peaceful. But here we come again with her runs. Now we are gonna finally link self-compassion to hunger because there is a link there. And I think the link lies on eating disorders. Interesting. But yes. Mm, I know, right? I came out with this. Self-induced hunger. <laughs> yeah, self-induced hunger because I think in our side of the world, the in the first world, the global north, however you like to call it, when all of our basic uh, needs are covered, then our mind starts playing tricks on us. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, so we, we would like to like make it clear that yes, we're talking about privileged kind of hunger, but it is a kind of hunger anyway, and there are many people suffering from it. So we thought maybe we could uh, include it here a little bit. And I think there's something very brutal within capitalism that is aesthetic pressure. Hmm. We are constantly reminded that we need to fit into a standard, like our body needs to be a certain way. And it's a very unrealistic standard. And it pushes us into never being satisfied with the way we look. Would you just look into the mirror and you're just like continuously stressed out about the way you look. And... This is, once again, like everything I talk about, it's a gendered issue and it affects women more than men. But I actually think more and more men are starting to to get affected by this, which is not the kind of feminism we are advocating for in, in this house, okay? Mm. We don't like that. Don't pick this up. Pick other things up, not this one. Um, but I think this kind of aesthetic pressure is just like the cherry on top of all the different types of frustrations that that young women can feel and i think that when you start forcing hunger upon yourself it's just a way to regain control and to crystallize all of your negative inputs in your life to one thing which is either not eating at all or eating too much or binge eating and and then you are trying you are basically trying to palliate all of your frustration with food um you can feel either that you're not too nor good enough to be well fed that your body isn't normative enough to allow yourself to enjoy an extremely decadent meal uh you basically are telling yourself that you don't deserve the joy of food and you're a failure and so an eating disorder is born and maybe like just as we always do in our shows but also here if you should be suffering from any type of eating disorders then we are no experts but there's a lot of experts out there so mm. go there have a little self-compassion and talk to someone um, that is an expert that can help you and if it's the easiest to start with a friend then maybe talk to a friend and ask for them to support you and getting a, a, experts to help you uh, just as a sort of disclaimer here um, go get some help because you deserve it mm. and uh, that being said we can continue to discuss about eating <laughs> yes. disorders um, uh, but because I o- something that I always find extremely upsetting at least personally is that no no woman I know is perfectly satisfied with their body and there and I see that like oh I'm hungry but I cannot eat this much today because if I eat this much today that means that it will be a little bit too much and like I know very few women that are just sitting at the table completely enjoying um the food that they're going to eat and mm. and just letting themselves I mean, be joyful with it. I think this is like as you also said it's a a claimed behavior that we so, uh, not claimed a learned behavior that we mm. sort of uh you know learn living in that society because of the pressures 
others or maybe our we ourselves put on us and like yes i i would agree that probably i do have a lot of people around me that are overthinking or like thinking at least a lot about like how much they eat how little they eat how much they have to exercise if they eat a certain amount uh, and i would say that maybe you know when i was a teenager that this would be something that applied to me as well mm. uh But like luckily, and that maybe also goes about this whole, I think I'm trying to get better at self-compassion. I've definitely learned to sort of like fight that mental behavior of like the thought process. So now I I definitely find myself like sort of living a normal life in a way that I do not control eating in mm. any way. But it's kind of weird that maybe it even takes mental effort to just, you know, like stop having any type of control. Mm. It should be something, you know, like in mm. our, in, in, in like the ancient times, whatever, like yeah. we would just eat when we had food and mm. when you were hungry, you eat until you're yeah. not hungry anymore. It's kind of fucked up that we ended up in a society where yeah. this becomes sort of like not as natural as it should be. I mean, in my case as well, like I've I've always loved food. I have a devotion for food. And um, when I was a child, like a young child, I, I would get praised all the time. Like, oh my God, this kid, she eats so well. It's so nice to see her eat. It's lovely to just like take her out for food. And then as soon as your boobs grow and your, your hips widen, then they're like, mm, don't you think that's a little bit too much? Mm. Don't you think you should like maybe not eat another serving? I was like, and I in the beginning I was just like, but why? Mm. <laughs> It's good. I want more. And then it starts really like, like seeping through. And I I have a, I think I have a quite unhealthy relationship with food. I fight a lot not to have it, but it is there. It's always there in the back of my head. And when I've been very um, in a very bad place mentally, I've always punished myself with not eating. Mm. Like that is my main punishment. Mm. I, I've used this. I've been like for weekends. I wouldn't eat because I was just like, no, I've, you don't like, deserve this. I told you that as a teenager, this was more of an issue than it is right now. But I also would would be, um, I would never like not eat at all. But at least. Uh, I would, I don't know, like only eat salad or something, which yeah. doesn't really fill you either. And then um, you felt success. Like the, mm. the the fact that you managed to, you know, actually like have this very unhealthy eating behavior mm. made you feel like you are superior because mm. you are in control, which is very sick. Like just hearing myself saying this out loud on air in a radio show, um, talking about hunger, just like, makes me feel very happy mm. that I have moved on from this. Yeah. And I'm wishing it for everyone else to be mm. able to sort of leave this behind. I think because it's never the solution. Controlling Like it's, keeping yourself hungry is is not a solution to any problem you might encounter right now. Yeah, but I, I think that's you you touched on it. Like it's about control. Mm. It has nothing to do with anything else. And I think for for a certain part of the population, um, which in I think it's mainly a female the female part, like that fifty yeah. percent. I think there's so many things that are out of our control. There's so many things that are unfair. There's so many things that you don't understand, and And basically, food and hunger and keeping yourself hungry and uh, sane and desirable in the eyes of the patriarchy, then it gives you some sort of like decoy for comfort because there's so many things that you can't control. So mm. this one thing I can't control it. So I'm gonna. And do you know another thing that we can't control? 
the desk to play songs <laughs> that we can control. <laughs> We're gonna give you another song right now, and it's called The Big Boom, Like My Ass is a Big Boom by The Key LM. <laughs> What an intro. Yeah. Enjoy and get yourself a snack in the meantime. <laughs> This is K103, Gothenburg Student Radio. And this is Show About Nothing, our giving our contribution to today's um, yeah, Musik Hjelpen's content that we have prepared. Yeah. Um, in the studio you have Belen and me, Marie, and we have been talking about self-compassion today. Mm -hmm. uh, and our last sort of segment was about hunger and self-induced hunger touching upon eating disorders and yeah. uh, we yeah we, we have planned to go forward to other topics yeah. as well mm -hmm. and I'm not the lead moderation today so I'm <laughs> going to hand you over to my <laughs> beloved Belen um, in front of me. Yeah we just um, I was framing eating disorders as like a byproduct of uh, not having enough self-compassion to allow yourself to eat food and where that lack of self-compassion could come because I think it's also again we are We, our lives don't happen in a vacuum. We are embedded in a society and that society pressures pressures so much. And as, as intersectionalist theorists say, if, if you are a woman and then you have another types of things that um, shape your social position and push you a little bit down, then the pressures of society are just going to be harder on you. I've just done an exam on the social determinants of health and I think it's showing because I'm, I can't stop thinking about this. I am sorry. But I also wanted to touch upon another topic that I think it's, it's influenced by lack of self-compassion and that is the topic of competition. Competing mm -hmm. with others, comparing yourself constantly to others and the success of others pissing you off for whatever reason. <laughs> because you think you can do a better job, because you think you're better. And I think this, this again, I'm just going to take it to my territory. This is the only thing I talk about, which is like the fact that us women, particularly if you grew up in the 2000s, we've been, uh, we've been pit against each other our whole lives. There's also always this kind of... Um, This kind of saying about how women are just like bitches to one another mm -hmm. and we're always at each other's throats. Um, and I think in the way that I analyze this is by thinking, okay, but we've been told there's only like one spot. There there can only be one girl in the room where it happens. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's like 10 men, there's only space for one girl. So you have to like be the best girl and like knock the other girl out of the park so that you can get into the room where it happens. Because God forbid that some of those men that are extremely mediocre could like move away and let a few other girlies come into the room where things are happening, right? Um, but yes, so I think it's only now that we are, us, the girlies, are starting to realize that this is all untrue very toxic behavior very toxic like, just think about today if you're listening right now is there has there been any moment where you potentially felt a threat 
by someone in the room that could be maybe I don't know nicer prettier whatever like you know than you and then why do we have this thought because it's very likely mm -hmm. that this person either was not even aware of inducing that threat on you mm -hmm. or um, there was no need in the first place to even have that thought so um, competition is normal everybody feels com like I think life feels sometimes just like a competition I mean we're competing mm. for work we're competing for who's the better education yep. who, who can you know earn more money and so on and that's okay because sometimes competition is also fun but if you're starting to compete with people constantly that you don't even have to compete with it's just very exhausting and you can spare yourself the whole hustle exactly and i think uh, particularly if you were a part of a minority group i think this sort of like okay there's only one there's room for one of us mm -hmm. and the one that's in that room uh, that it's doing the thing has to represent everyone so i think there's a lot of pressure and there is a lot of like competition and no self-compassion at all like mm. no self compassion at all. So I think, I think I don't know if we start maybe by supporting each other and kind of lifting each other up. And I always, I always say this as holding the door open. You know, if I made it into a room that's interesting for someone else, then my duty is to hold that door open and let all the people that are less privileged yeah. than me come in if they so wish to. Or alternatively, just like create spaces where you can just. Uh, like talk about your opinions and be yourself mm. and share with your friends like this little space that my friends opened for me when I moved to Gothenburg and I wanted to be a part of the show had they been mm, like threatened or thinking no we just we need we want our show to be ours then I wouldn't have had this like safe space where I can like share mm. all of my opinions and they always somehow listen to me and that is that is a new feeling and I think it's making me be kinder to myself and it's making me more tolerable to like saying stupid stuff on air live that cannot be clipped or <laughs> stumbling on my words or for example sometimes I re-listen to the episodes and I'm like my diction is <laughs> so bad why am I talking behind a microphone you know but I think I think the way they listen to me and the way they hold space it, it it helps me be kinder mm. to myself. So I think I don't know. Maybe if you don't think that you that you can be kind to yourself right now, maybe I don't know. Start by being kind to others, and the way they react might inspire you to hold space for yourself. Yep. I don't know. I really think being uplifting and supportive for your friends can be so nice because when you start. Imagine you supported for a friend and they actually go through and succeed at something they were doing and you were supporting them. Their success is going to be your success mm. because you've been part of that journey. And that's just mm. one really nice recommendation to try out if you aren't already, if you aren't already doing this. And I, I can imagine that quite a lot of you out there are already quite good at this, but then don't stop and continue. And... Uh, having touched upon a lot of sort of like girls versus girls competitions um i see uh i see the script that belen prepared but generally stop stop being that pick me girl you know yeah. be be a support your girly girly yeah and uh, support it, your girls be a girly girl yes <laughs> be a girly girl and <laughs> just thrive yes. because it's so much more fun to be supportive and uplifting than to be mm. a toxic competitive exactly bitch. and the world's already against us you know like already since the second that we're assigned our gender and then 
we are socialized as girls like the world is against us <laughs> so the best thing that we can do is like if you find a girl crying in a toilet instead of gossiping and being rude to her just like sit down and tell her she's pretty because she probably is because girls are prettier than boys okay Always. That, that's that that's something i cannot just like let's stand like this <laughs> but i hear the experience talking from belen uh, especially in the part of like crying in the toilet probably like <laughs> you might or might have not been in a situation like this <laughs> crying is my hobby my job is crying uh. <laughs> but uh should we listen to a song and maybe have a little cry and then come back into the talk gonna take a little breather Hi. <laughs> this, this is Gothenburg Student Radio and you're listening to the show about nothing, doing their own little contribution to Musik Hjelpen's uh, program. Pro yeah. Program. I, I, program. Getting lost in languages. <laughs> <The> program. <laughs> yes. And uh, we are talking about self-compassion or the lack thereof and where that takes you. And guess, spoiler alert, it takes you to very dreadful places if you don't have it. However, if you take care of crying girls in toilets, it takes you to heaven. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> Being a pick-me girl takes you to hell. Being <laughs> help, helping <laughs> crying girlies takes you to heaven. But uh, talking about crying in places where you shouldn't be crying, <laughs> we're going to talk about a little episode that me and Marie like to call being wine drunk and unhinged. Yep. <laughs> this <laughs> is spilling the beans. So you, you can, are... you honestly can be lucky because usually this is topics you discuss with your girlies in, you know, a safe mm -hmm. space at home, maybe over a glass of wine. And now we're doing this live on air. So you are yeah. privileged. <laughs> exactly. And it's like, What what do girls talk about? How do they think? Like this. This is how we think. Okay, so we're basically just fixing all of your communication problems here one episode at a time. So basically, to put everything into context, Marie and me, we had an episode of behaving in a complete, completely deranged manner at a party. We just walked in there. We, we were drunk on wine and things happened. The actual happenings won't be disclosed because we still have some dignity to hold on And we're on holding to. on to it. Yeah. We are holding on to it for dear life. But the day after we had to meet, we had to sit in the graveyard. <laughs> in the graveyard and we had to discuss because we were both going to an extreme episode of anxiety. Or what I like to call bitch hangover, because y you feel like you've been a bitch in like in many different uh, scenarios that you can be a bitch. Like, I don't know. It, it's not only sexually, guys. You can be a bitch in many ways. That could also be an episode. Um, and we just we just had to talk about it because I particularly I was feeling like. I had really made myself a disservice. Like I had behaved in a way and I had given out an image that I was just like, I'm misrepresenting myself. Like I'm, this is not, this is not the person that I want to be. Like, mm. like this is so extremely embarrassing. And like er many people that I actually do not know and I have never seen in my life have seen me behaving like this. And I just, 
this is I thought that this was behind me I thought I was more mature now I thought this was all okay and I just like I cannot behave like this anymore I feel every now and then after an intense period of adulting mm -hmm. professionally successfully and so on <laughs> uh, there's gonna be the downfall how I like to call it and uh, sometimes you know inducing uh, a reasonably uh, heavy amount of wine mm. can open the floodgates <laughs> <laughs> of this behavior yeah. and I think it was it wasn't even anything you know illegal or super embarrassing it was just really letting go of emotions yeah. of like all over yeah. the place and I guess like most of you in one way or another probably might be able to relate yes and I mean using using alcohol as a way to like decompress in this exaggerated matter it that is an issue in itself yes and we might have to tackle it at some other point you know you should be able to like decompress Without. Drink responsibly. <laughs> Particularly you people that are like getting together. I saw people walking around with boxes of wine and I was like, hmm, hmm. <laughs> who let the dogs out? But um, um, yes, drink responsibly. But anyway, I just think we're also, we allow ourselves so little space to breathe. I think also the society that we're in, like I feel, I myself feel, I'm constantly running. I'm always late to everything. I, I, my week all of a sudden is all packed and I don't see a moment when I can like sit down and, and, and breathe and I don't know, stare into the wall for 15 minutes. Like I don't even have that space. And I think, And I think I the whole day I must be functional, so I'm putting up these walls and like holding up all of these structures, and I am exhausted. And if we link this to emotional labor again, I think maybe women are not only holding up their structures, but they're holding up someone else's structures in some in some instances. So I think that is like an extra layer of of all of that pressure that we have. So. Basically, what I want to say with this uh, mini rant inside of a rant inside of a rant is that, yeah, maybe you have behaved, <laughs> you have behaved like a poop and you have done everything that you were supposed to stop doing because you don't want to be that person anymore. But girl, just, it's okay. <laughs> like, it, it, it needs to happen every once in a while and you need to have some space to, to, to behave to behave like a tit it's fine like behave like you left it behave like you're right it it's fi it's fine and i i want to say this to me uh, the day after the, the party and i want to say this to to marie too <laughs> like sometimes yes we you make all the wrong decisions but i think it's a byproduct of this staying perfect as uh, for 24 hours a day like even when you're sleeping i i don't think i sleep in the perfect way and that's why i'm not rested enough and that's why i'm behind But and so on so. that's also okay i think one of the things you need to remember remember at all times is that uh as long as you try that's all that matters and you'll go forward at your own pace and sometimes you gotta cry in a stranger's kitchen and that's fine and If you behave irrationally, that's also fine. And if you do something extremely stupid, then the only thing you have to do is take responsibility for exactly. whatever you've done. And that's exactly. all that's required of you. Exactly. So take a deep breath, drink a lot of water, send the appropriate te texts to the appropriate people. I don't know. Do whatever 
you need to feel good with yourself, but don't let yourself get in that loop. It's fine. It's fine. No, nobody is perfect at all times. No, and how boring are perfect people? Like, I'm not interested in them. And sometimes you behave extremely stupidly, but there are good things coming off of it. So who knows? It's not all bad. Yeah, you know? I was actually, um, that's an anecdote that kind of matches here. I remember reading uh, a text in the German uh, newspaper Zeit Magazine, which is like a magazine part of a big, big newspaper writing about, you know, news, but also culture and so on. Uh, and it was about uh, us always trying to be perfectionist as like people living in societies. And that sometimes the day when you're having a hungover day is actually sort of like the only day when you're like super real because maybe you're not capable of being perfect because you're exhausted like physically exhausted whatever mm. mentally drained and because of that state of mind you're 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 going to be more sort of you know understanding of your physical mm. needs if that is rest then you'll spend a slow day watching series whatever eating chips and you might not be proud of it but in a way in that moment mm. uh, you are actually you know giving yourself what you need and one should not have to be hungover in order to be doing exactly that so you know we're talking right now on a friday uh you have a weekend planned i don't know what's going on it's i don't know pre-christmas time maybe you're getting all cozy and maybe you're having some parties on the agenda whatever you do just remember to take the rest that you're supposed to also take on the weekend mm. and if you have to work then you work but then make sure that after yeah. you're done with your shift you also just allow yourself to have a moment if it's <laughs> Having a glass of wine or, or taking a cry somewhere, <laughs> that's fine. Do whatever floats your boat. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to give a shout out to all the people that are working early tomorrow morning. Me. I'm sorry, <laughs> Belen, that you have to go through this. <laughs> and you cannot enjoy your Friday like you would like, which is crying in someone else's, I don't know, hallway, for example. Like I said, crying is my hobby. But uh, should we... Um yeah we we have basically reached the sort of end of our uh little episode here today as uh, as the part of the show about nothing for music yelpen at K103 to everyone that was on the other side we would like to say thank you for listening remember that you can contact us with comments suggestions and praise and we mostly hang out at Instagram so follow us at um at, at show about nothing underscore k103 and remember our tip of the day stop being a pick me girl and be a girly girl and go support your local bestie because we're all in this together okay so be sure that you do that and have a nice weekend yeah enjoy you've just heard a podcast version of a radio show by k103 Gothenburg student radio You'll find all our shows at k103.se. Follow us on Facebook or Instagram. Stay tuned.